0: I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We are coming to the conclusion of the book and I don't find a passage of Scripture any more fitting than for today than the passage that we have before us. Understanding the circumstances in our nation and we as a Body of believers having the responsibility to pray for our nation. How do we know how to pray about our situation? I've um, asked Lafondra. Lafondra is uh, a lovely black girl in our church. <laughs> She got saved a couple years ago, and she hadn't gotten over it. (laughs) Amen. But I thought it would be interesting to hear from the perspective from a black person about what's going on. We're in a white community, predominantly white, but I'd like to hear from her and to share just briefly, just a few words from your perspective of what's going on. LaFondra, would you come up here? Welcome LaFondra Jarva to us. Wait a minute. No, you need this. You need this.
1: This was quite unexpected. Um, uh, and so I am going to give you, I was talking to Miss Pearl's class this morning, not knowing that this was what God was going to share with the church this morning. Um, yeah. And so I wasn't expecting this, Miss Pearl, so it wasn't. it's not like I knew it was going to happen. I promise. <laughs> uh, you know what it's like? Um, my husband asked me, how come you're so calm during this time? And I sent him a picture because he's not saved. Um, I sent him a snapshot of this verse. In God, I will praise his word. and the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Amen. Amen. And so yes, you're right. I'm African American. Go figure, right? <laughs> uh, so what does my family say? They say I need to pick a side. Uh, they say that I need to make a stand. They say that I should be talking more. They say that I have an opportunity to speak up, and yet I'm not saying anything. And then I told them why. I told them because I trust in God. I told him that I believe that He will take care of this. But more importantly, I told them the problem isn't whether you're white or black. It isn't because you're a police officer. Is because we have a heart condition, and it's become an epidemic. Um, And so it doesn't matter what color I am. God sees our heart, and so what's happening is our hearts are out of control. Um, And so we've been preaching, and you've been going through Ephesians. And so if you want to know what the power of a spirit that is not of God can do, you're seeing it. So if you didn't think that it was possible for it to happen, or maybe you just needed it to hit you in the face, it's hitting you. So the truth is, is regardless of what color I am, yes, I'm hearing it from both sides. Yes, I should do it this way. Yes, I should speak up. Who are you gonna vote for? Uh, Why are you gonna vote for them? And I still don't know who I'm voting for, but I trust that God will tell me. He will give me the wisdom and discernment, but it's not gonna be because I'm black and because I'm democratic or because I'm supposed to do this for my community just because of a color of my skin. It will be only because of God. He's not black, he's not white, he's not purple, he's not blue. He's our God. He's our Savior. He's our Father. He's our Abba. So let me encourage you that um, along with this heart condition, does comes ignorance. It's blind. You can't really see, can you? Your heart's hardened. And so as you see people who may speak out of frustration and anger, remember that they're lost. And so we can't expect lost people to do what saved people do. And sometimes we constantly put saved people's perspective on lost people. But here's what we can do. We need to pray for their heart. We need to pray that they come to know who Jesus is. Because peace and joy can only come from Jesus. And they don't have any of that. So, yes, love us through this. And know that, yes, we're making bad choices, whether we're police officers, whether we're white, whether we're black. These, this is not the way to go. But Kinsfield did take the way. We prayed this morning. And so I'm going to encourage that you continue to do that. And understand that my stance will be that I will stand on the rock that my son brought to me when we. When, when, when pastor came to my house and I wrote on the rock and I wrote my husband's name, my mom's name, my two boys, and God has brought both of my boys to the Lord. And so then there's my husband and then there's my mom and my, and and he's working on both of them. And so I just want you guys to know that it's not about a color. It's about those spirits that we're going to pray away because we know who our savior is. We sung about victory. Uh, I I wish I could give you a better perspective, uh, but this is the best as far as I'm concerned. And so, Pastor, I hope this
0: helps. That was great. Thank you, LaFondra. All right. Thank you so much, LaFondra. What a, what a word. We, I think we probably can say amen and go home. Uh, I tell you. That was a good perspective, and I appreciate you sharing with us today. It is a hard issue, and, uh, but I believe that God has called us to enter into battle, because we are in a battle, and that we cannot hide our heads in the sand, we cannot run away from looking at the circumstances that we're living in today. And as I shared with you last Sunday morning, that we wrestle against a real, live, powerful one called Satan. And he wants to do everything he can to bring destruction in the lives and the hearts of men and women. But here's the advantage that you and I have as believers. The advantage is, is that we know the Lord Jesus Christ, and He has enlightened us, and He has empowered us to be able to be soldiers of the cross. So with your Bibles open, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me that utterance may be given to me. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before your mighty presence today asking you that you will teach us how to pray always in supplication and in spirit. We have been learning in the past weeks about prayer, and yet we still find ourselves feeling that we know so little. And yet prayer brings us before the throne of God and gives us the ability to have contact with the sovereign God. We pray, Father, for Your anointing and Your feeling of Your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask you today that you will bless us with your presence and with the mighty power of God being offered and demonstrated in the life of this church. And we'll thank you and praise you, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. It seems as if there's always an objective of any time you go to war. That objective, whether it may be land, as the Israel, Israelis and the Palestinians are fighting over a piece of land. that may be an objective of a superior race, as Hitler fought for. It may be for an objective of freedom from the oppressions of the North, as the South may have felt during the Civil War. It may be the feelings of the oppressions of the black from the white, or the oppression that is upon our police departments and sheriff's departments. But there seems like there's always that objective to warfare. And that objective that I see today is for us as believers to be able to recognize that we have an enemy, and that enemy is real, and that enemy is trying to destroy us. But that objective that we have is that greater is he that's within us than he that's in this world. That we have... Almighty power of God and the way that we demonstrate that power in our lives I believe is through prayer our objective our mission is to rescue our people our nation from the the strongholds of Satan our objective is is that Christ might become Lord and that he might be Not only Lord, but He be sovereign in the lives of our people. Now, I remember that when, before I was come to know Christ as Savior and Lord, that the Bible says that I was at warfare with God. But then, when Christ came into my life, that there was a peace and a peace that came into my life that I have become. Now, peace with God. On the flip side of that, the moment that I have recognized that I have peace with God, I find myself at war with Satan. You at war with Satan. Our world at war with Satan. Paul has told us who our enemy. He's told us that he is the devil. And the Christian army is unique because he does its fighting upon his knees. And I believe that's exactly where we're at today. That we need to do our fighting upon our knees. In Africa, there's an antelope called the new. This little antelope is a quite interesting little animal that that when there's a predator that comes to try to attack the antelope that that new would immediately will fall down on her knees. And about the time the predator about to jump the antelope, that antelope springs to her feet. My friend, I want you to understand that we as believers, we go to war on our knees. And that's exactly where I think we should be at today. The army is out there on the battlefield. And there we begin to understand that the enemy is real, but yet we understand that we have power to overcome the enemy. I want to share with you today a couple things about prayer. A couple things. As, and I want us to take verse 18 and dissect it for a few moments. First of all, you'll notice it says praying always. There's about three or four things I want you to see. Very simple. First of all, God says that you and I need to pray regularly. Not only when there is a crisis, but there should be a regular time in our life of prayer. Listen to what he says there in verse 18, where he says praying always, not sometime, but always, with all prayer and supplication. You know, I find myself doing sometimes, and I think that you probably will find yourself doing the same thing. If everything is going along so well, I don't find myself near as much involved in prayer. But all oh, you let the crisis come. You let hardship come. You let trouble come, and then immediately we find ourselves rushing before the throne of God in prayer. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to understand that we should be in prayer regularly. Have you ever thought about when many of us pray? Many of us pray at night. And I don't know if you've thought about this or not, but how silly that might be. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? You know, you've been to battle during the day, and then after the battle, you go to prayer. Should we not go to prayer before we go to battle? So that's my point is, every morning as we get ready to get dressed, to go out to our jobs, out to our schools, out into our communities, we're going to fight the enemy. So wouldn't it seem normal that we find ourselves praying in the early mornings of the day? Oh, I think we should pray at all times during the day. Paul says we should pray without ceasing. But I think there's something about prayer early in the morning. I'm reminded of what the Scripture says, as the psalmist said in Psalm 63 verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My friend, I want you to understand the devil already has his plan of how he wants to ruin your life. The devil already has a plan for the day. And so therefore, we need to begin to find ourselves involved early of the day. You remember the slogan of uh, uh, Coca-Cola, things go better with... Coke? Well, things go better with prayer, my friend. There's something about prayer to be able to take the onslaughts of the darts of the devil and to realize that we have the armor of God and the power of God to demonstrate His mighty working in our life. But not only do we need to pray regularly, but we need to pray correctly. Have you ever wondered that uh, uh, in prayer of why your prayers don't get prayed and answered? Listen to what the Bible says in verse eighteen: praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Underline that little phrase in the Spirit. There is that is a key ingredient that the Apostle Paul is bringing to our attention today, praying in the Spirit. Jude Jude chapter 20 tells us that we are to pray in the Spirit. Now, why is it so important that we pray in the Spirit? See, the Spirit of God has all the wisdom of God, all the knowledge of God, and all the power of God. And so therefore, as we're praying in the Spirit, we're beginning to understand the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God and experiencing the power of God. But I find myself that uh, so many times that I, I, I feel so inadequate in my prayers. Now, a true prayer is, is that it prays to the Father, Through the Lord Jesus Christ in the Spirit. And so, therefore, you take part of the Trinity in your prayers. You're praying to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ in the Spirit. Listen to what the Bible says in uh, the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26. Listen how it gives us a command to pray in the Spirit. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Have you ever felt that way? That you don't know what to pray for. You don't know exactly how to pray for it. But the Bible says, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with the groanings which cannot be uttered. There's five reasons that I want to share very quickly why you and I need to learn how to pray in the Spirit. First of all, because of our indifference. Because of our indifference. Now, I can tell you something about your flesh that is so true about my flesh. And that is, my flesh doesn't want to pray. My flesh wants to pray about as much as an old hound dog wants to go to an opera. <laughs> and they just don't go hand to hand. And therefore, my friend, we find that we really just don't want to pray. We do what we want to do. We find time for what we want to do. And yet, there are so many people that said, there was a time in my life that I had a a, a daily prayer time, but I no longer have that prayer time. Why is that? It's because of indifference. It's because of the flesh has encroached your life to keep you from fulfilling one of God's command, and that is to pray. Galatians chapter four, verse six tells us something that is very interesting. It says, "And because you are sons, because you are children, because you are." Ones that are part of my family, he's saying, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. You know the one that convinced me of my praying? It's the Holy Spirit. He tells me there's times that when I need to pray. He tells me there's times that who I need to pray for. He tells me the things that I should pray for. And so, number one, because of our indifference. It is the Holy Spirit that brings that conviction. But not only because of our indifference, but also we need to pray in the Spirit because of our ignorance. The Bible talked about that. We know not what to pray for. I've said it before, and I've heard it said, that in order for your prayers to be effective, it must be Selective. And I truly believe that we need to call individual names out. I believe we need to call situations out and be selective in our prayers. Therefore, we see effectiveness. Heard about an old mountaineer. He went to his pastor one day. And he says, I want you to pray for my son, Zeke. He's been bit with a rattlesnake. And the pastor, knowing the mountaineer, he began to pray. He said, uh, Lord, you know that this man has four other sons. And I just want to thank you for that rattlesnake for biting that son. And I want you to go and have another rattlesnake and to bite the other four gentlemen. Because, Lord, you know, I've been praying for this gentleman to be back in church. He's been out of church for five years. And this is the first time I've seen him in church. About that time, the old mountaineer stopped and he said, Man, quit praying. You're the craziest preacher I've ever heard in my life. But my friend, I want you to understand, we'd be selective in our prayers but not only that, because of our ignorance, but also because of our impotence. Sometimes when we pray, we just get sleepy and we get tired. And have you ever thought about that is the combat of Satan against us? Sometimes. Have you ever fallen asleep while you were praying? I have. That's why that it's not always best to be in your uh, foam rubber mattress and there your your uh, your pillow on your head, my pillow, whatever you might want to call it, and there you start to pray, and next thing you know, you've gone fallen asleep. I believe with all my heart that that sometimes, many times, that Satan allows that to happen to keep us from praying. You and I are no different than the disciples. You remember Jesus and His disciples. Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus said, I want you to watch and to pray. And what did the disciples do? They fell asleep. The Bible reminds us that the spirit was willing but the flesh was weak. And I find myself like that. Do you not? That many times that that as you are Praying that you find yourself get really rather comfortable and you find yourself just falling asleep. Well, there we need the Spirit of God to shake us and to awaken us. But I also see that not only because of our impotence, but because of our inaccessibility. God sometimes seems to be so far away, does He not, when you pray? Does it not seem that you're praying at God instead of praying to God? Man, of course, was separated by the sin barrier. And that sin barrier kept man from coming and approaching the throne of God. But yet, through the Lord Jesus Christ, He goes into the Holy of Holies, and He rips the veil, and there, through His blood, He has made a way that you and I are able to come before the throne of God, boldly, the Bible says, in prayer. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Here I am, sinful man, with all my warts, with all my unrighteousness, with my sins, and yet God has made a way for me to come before the throne of God by through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that washes me and cleanses me and makes it available for me to become before the throne of God. My good friend, James Barrett, he uh, told me of a story. When he was president of the Southern Baptist Convention, he said he received one of the highest honors that he had ever received, and that was an invitation from the president of the United States to come and visit him in the White House. He said he he looked forward to that day. He said he made he made his way there that day. And one of the very first things that they asked him when he got to the White House, "Do you have your invitation?" And there was the invitation. There was his name on it, and there was the president's name upon that invitation. And about that particular time, there was a special assistant ushered him in right into the Oval Office. And he was able to sit there with the most powerful man on the face of the earth. When he told me that story, I thought, wow. God, through his blood, the Lord Jesus Christ has sent me an invitation. He has sent you an invitation to come before the throne of God and to bring my needs and my desires before Him. And there His name is upon it, the Lord Jesus Christ, written in the blood. And this special assistant, the Holy Spirit, takes me and ushers me right into the throne of Of God. Man, I want to tell you something, that's something to to shout about. That is something to stand up and to think why wouldn't I want to come before the Lord on a daily basis? We need to pray in the Spirit not only because of our indifference, not only because of our ignorance. Not only because of our impotence and inaccessibility, but also because. Listen to this, what the Bible says in verse 18. He tells us in verse 18 that we are to come boldly before the throne of God. And then you go back into the Scripture and the Bible talks about in the book of um, in in uh, in the book of Romans, chapter eight, verse twenty-six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what the Spirit Himself make intercession for us with the groanings. Listen to this groanings which cannot be uttered. Inexpressibility. Inexpressibility. Have you ever felt there was a time in your life that when you tried to pray that you just didn't have the right words? That when you tried to pray that you just didn't know exactly what to pray for? And all you could say because of the pain that you were experiencing, Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. I remember a number of years ago When Sean and Leanne was about to have their second child. And there we were at DePaul Hospital. And we had gotten word that there was a possibility that that baby was going to be dead. I remember walking out of the DePaul Hospital that day. And I remember sitting on the bench... I didn't know what to say. And all I could say was, Oh God. Oh God. Help us, oh God. And right there in the midst, I felt there was a spirit of comfort, a spirit of grace that came over me like I have never experienced in my life. You know who that was? That was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit that who came and took my groanings and He interpreted for me. So we need to pray regularly. We need to pray carefully. But we also need to pray persistently. Listen to what He says there in verse 18 again. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Colossians chapter 2 verse 4 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Most of us, we will pray to a certain point, and if God doesn't answer our prayers immediately, we stop praying. We're like the little boy that will ring the doorbell and run before somebody answers the door. We pray a time or two, and if God doesn't immediately answer our prayers, then we find ourselves forgetting to pray those prayers. As you've known and we've said before, God answers our prayers one of three ways. Yes, no, are, not yet. Sometimes we're not prepared for Him to answer that prayer. I remember when I was a little boy, I was pray uh, asking my mom and dad for a a uh, twenty-two rifle. Well, my mom and dad didn't give me a twenty-two rifle. They knew that I was not prepared to handle such a thing. And my friend, that's the way it is with God sometimes. He knows that we're not prepared to handle certain things. I'm reminded of the passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 10. Let me read this passage of Scripture to you just for a moment. It says, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will... Answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed and I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, he will be open. Think about that for a moment. I don't want you to get the picture here that that God is some sleepy old man in the bed and that he's not wanting to answer your prayers. That's not what the Lord Jesus Christ is describing here in this parable. But He's talking about persistence. He's talking about that God not only wants to answer your prayers, but He wants to develop your faith in the midst of answering your prayers. And that's exactly what He wants to do in your life and in my life. The devil knows that if he can keep you from praying, my friend, that he can keep you from experiencing the almighty power of God and the victory that he has given to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. But also, I want you to see last of all, not only pray persistently, but we need to pray inclusively, inclusively. Listen what he says in verse 18 with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me. Paul says, I want you to pray for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I'm afraid that if we would listen to most of our prayers, our prayers would be a lot like the old Quaker. Lord bless me and my wife, John and his wife, us four and no more. And I'm afraid that if we would listen carefully, that most of our prayers is all constantly focused upon us instead of praying for others. Paul was talking about spiritual warfare. Paul was talking about praying for other people that who was in war. He's talking about the Christian life is a battle. One of the early church fathers said, there's three things that I would like to have seen. He said, number one, I would like to have seen Rome in all of his splendor. Number two, I would have liked to have seen Solomon's temple in all of his glory. And then he says, most of all, I would have loved to have seen and heard the Apostle Paul preach and pray. Oh my. What a mighty warrior the Apostle Paul was because he understood the element of prayer. Paul preached and he prayed with power. I do not take it lightly when I come and I stand before you on Sunday mornings. I have a number of people that will, that will text me in the morning or they will email me on Sunday morning or Saturday night and they will say, Pastor, I'm praying for you tomorrow. Or I'm praying for you today. They'll never know how much that means. Because I must admit, there are times that I come up here and I stand and I don't feel the prayers of our people like I should. Friend, I want you to understand that your pastor and your staff, they're on the front lines. And they need your prayers. They need the covering of God upon their lives as they lead our congregation. I'm reminded of the story over in the book of Joshua. You remember Joshua had was preparing for battle as he was viewing the wall of Jericho? He'd had his battle gear on, He is viewing over the mountain and looking there at the walls of Jericho. And then all of a sudden, he felt the presence of another. And he stands to his feet and he says, Are you for us or against us? I thought it was rather interesting. The one says, No. I'm not for you or I'm not against you. I'm here to take over, my friend." And there we find that he recognized that was none other than the pre-incarnate Christ Himself. And you know what he does? He falls down and he takes his feet, I mean, he takes his shoes, and there he takes them off of his feet and he falls prostrate before the Lord and he begins to worship Him. And then you know what happened the next morning? They went to battle. And when they went to battle, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down without a shot being fired. Friend, I want you to understand. That's exactly what God wants to do in your life and in my life. Let me ask you, are you a man, a woman, a prayer? If we would be honest with ourselves, how many could you say, I pray at least five minutes a day? Ten minutes a day? Fifteen minutes a day? I believe we'd be surprised of how many people would say, I pray very, very, very little. And we sometimes wonder Why? We get ourselves in the fixes that we get ourselves in. And the mess. I want to challenge you today to become a prayer warrior. We have, for the last eight, ten weeks, we've been talking about prayer. And we've been talking about the battle plan for prayer. And we've looked at every aspect of prayer that you possibly could look at. And today I feel like it's the exclamation point upon that emphasis today for prayer. Lord Jesus, help us to be men and women of prayer. That this will not be something that we seldom do, but it's something that we find ourselves involved in on a daily practice. Father, I pray That today, that you would rise up, men and women, boys and girls, to become great prayer warriors. For we are certainly in need of prayer today. And yes, Lord, I realize that the greatest prayer that one could ever pray is that sinner's prayer, inviting Jesus Christ into their life. And if there's one here today that has never done that, we pray that they will do that. But Lord, I have been speaking to the body of this church, praying, dear Lord, that they will see and recognize the need of prayer. Lord, there may be some people here today that needs to unite with our church by letter, by baptism, by statement. There's some that need to come and probably need to just gather around the altar and say, Lord, I want to recommit my life. I want to recommit my prayer life. I want to recommit my walk with you. So Lord, I just pray for your will to be done. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.